Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up and welcome back to Kinda Funny Games Daily for Friday, September 2nd, 2022. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes, and I'm joined by the future of video games. Blessing Adioye Jr. Tim, I've hit a point where my Friday energy is now determined by Thursday Night Trivia and how mm. our team does in Thursday okay. Night Trivia. So right now, I'm like, I'm feeling fine. I'm feeling mm. all right. Okay. I was hoping you know? for feeling great, feeling no. riled well, up. Here's the thing, Tim, is that, you know, trivia, there's two rounds. Of, there's two separate games of trivia in one night. And the first round... Uh, we were a man down because um, a certain person on our team went to the wrong bar uh, for the second time out of five times. Oh, One of these wow. bars has to change their name. Damn. You can't have, two bars that are that close to each other should not have They're the not same that name. close to each other. It's like a 10-minute drive. <laughs> I mean, why are they both in the San Francisco area with the same with the same name? All right. Well, we they were down. We were down. And also, we that sounds like person. you're. Well, what I'm here. You say you you say this mm. as a oh man, blessing was was gone. But I'm hearing it as oh, blessing is such a a, a um uh, an asset to the team yeah. that without him we're we couldn't all, do well. We're all assets and pillars to the team. We all play an important role. Joey and I nailed the hot seat uh, 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 or hot corner question last night for baseball. Dude, I was so happy that I nailed. There, there was a Premier League question. Um, mm. They asked which Premier League team uh, or which two Premier League teams uh, have won the most, like, I forget what it was, like, championships that are located in the same city. And I was like, guys, it's Manchester. I said that with so much confidence. Deep down, I didn't really know. But Manchester <laughs> sounded like the right answer, and I got that shit right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I'm proud of you guys, but you Thank know what you. else I'm proud of, Bless? The fact that? that this is Kind of Funny Games Daily and each hey. and every weekday right here live on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games for the last time for now. We will return to Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games next week. After that, who knows? I'm still experimenting, y'all. I'm trying to get the data. There's some analytics. There's some vibe checks going on. There's a whole bunch of things going on. Tim, but I will say... Yeah, tell me the My vibe, vibe is that I, I like the YouTube vibes, man. I do too. I do like too. YouTube chat has been chill. Like it's it's been a fun hangout thing. They they've been giving us a lot of money <laughs> in the YouTube chat. It pops up five dollars to play a violin. You know, twenty dollars to call somebody a bitch. Like they're just they're just Damn. in there throwing us Damn. money Damn. to do. What, yeah, hey, that's mm -hmm. them. That's YouTube chat. That's the energy mm -hmm. that they're exuding out. Uh, yeah. And it's nice to be on this side of the, I guess, kind of funny audience, even though I know 90% of the people are from Twitch anyway. But yeah. like I don't know, there's something there's something cool about the the YouTube energy. I, I agree, and, I and the thing is, again, we're experimenting. There's a lot, a lot of uh, uh, things that are, are yet to be decided. But I will say, I'm feeling this. I like this. I do think that certain products work better in certain places, and I'm, I've been liking this this week. I've been liking the the talk showy vibe over here. 
while I still love the gameplay vibe over on, on Twitch right now that we got, you know, Mike, Andy, and Kev, and Nick, and all them doing. But anyways, get into the weeds here. We'll we'll keep you guys updated as things kind of uh, continue. But next week, we are returning to twitch.tv slash games for the time being. But if live's not your thing, that's cool. YouTube.com slash games is where you want to be. Um, and if you like podcasts, guess what? Search your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny Games Daily, and we will be right there for you. If you want to support this show even more, Going above and beyond, patreon.com slash games is where you want to go, where you can get the show ad-free. You get the exclusive post show that I heard is guaranteed to be a banger today. And also, you get to be a Patreon producer, just like Fargo Brady, who we appreciate so very, very much. Uh, today's stories include new Cyberpunk 2077 announcements, the Quarry director teasing their next game, even more stuff. It's going to be great. I can't wait to talk about it. Remember, you can use our Epic creator code, kind of funny, anytime you're on the Epic Game Store, and it will help support us without costing you a single penny more. It's fantastic. Uh, and a little housekeeping. We're off next Monday. It's Labor Day, so we are going to take a tiny little break, and it's going to be good, and I need it, guys. I need it real real Tim does bad need it. I, was, <laughs> so. I was having a conversation with roger the other mm-hmm. day and like we were talking about how, how hard of a worker you are and like it got to a point where like, me and him were just you know talking back and forth about you know cool things got we got going on kind of funny things that you talk about all this stuff and we we're like tim's gotta take a break man i tim's know, gonna pass really out. know. Like, uh, tim's been sick i've been like, talking tim- to roger as well and i feel like roger had the sentiment that tim doesn't work enough yeah, Ron, I, so. I, I'm super, like I, I've heard Raj. Raj is like, yo, like Tim's kind of a punk, and I'm yeah. like, you know what? I can't, I can't. I don't like I that Roger's playing both yeah, sides. Roger. Yeah, Roger's playing both sides. Also, uh, WB Buck in chat says, "Play the fucking violin, bless." Uh, WB Buck only tipped two dollars. If you remember, I only play the violin for at least five dollars. Damn, so, step that shit up, WB Buck. I need three more bucks for you uh more housekeeping for you rocky balboa in review is up right now on youtube.com slash kind of funny honestly it's a special in review i i think that y'all should check it out if, if only for the first like uh opening like 20 minutes of us just kind of giving our thoughts on stuff like it was like a really kind of a oddly emotional uh in review just kind of reflecting on in review as a whole and reflecting on kind of like what movies mean to us. Um, and it kind of got really intimate. It was me and Sancho West for a while before Andy joined us. And uh, it was a, it's a, it was a special moment in kind of funny history. It's an episode that I'm going to cherish for a very long time. So please go check that out. Um, today we're brought to you by Express VPN and Chime. I'll tell you about that later. Last bit of housekeeping I want to give you. We got a really cool week next week. Um, there's some big deal stuff, including blessing hosting the d23 games panel which is going to be very exciting and we're going to be live reacting to it we don't know anything we don't know what he's going to reveal there he knows some things but uh we're going to react to him telling us what these new things are next friday when that happens and then on saturday we're going to give you guys a double dose of live reactions all of this will be on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games starting at 10 a.m where we will react to the d23 marvel studios and um the Lucasfilm panel, which should be very exciting. And then at noon, we're going to go right into the Ubisoft <coughs> forward event where we will be reacting to that. So very exciting stuff all around. Now, now, Tim, before you continue, mm-hmm. uh, we got a super chat here from Sanchez who gives us $20 mm-hmm. uh, and says, quick question, Bless. What player holds the top international goal scorer record and is the GOAT? I, Without looking it up, only a, a couple names come to mind. Roy Kent. Roy Kent, of course, the the goat. Uh, but also, it's either going to be Messi or it's going to be Ronaldinho. But if I had to commit to an answer, I'm going to say Messi, even though I feel like that might be wrong. Let me know, Sanchez, if I got that right. 
Let him know. Let him know. Uh, but while you do that, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have seven news stories today. A baker's dozen. Story number one. People in the chat are saying Cristiano Ronaldo. Damn. I was close. I I, I would have my third guess if I kept going. I would have my third guess. Story Sorry, number one. Going. God of War. Ragnarok gameplay footage shows off a, some new weapon abilities. This comes from Tom Ivan at VGC. A new God of War Ragnarok gameplay video has shown off some of the sequel's updated combat features for the first time. The Game Informer video includes footage of several new ways that Kratos can use his Leviathan Axe and Blades of Chaos to take on enemies. Lead combat designer Mir Sheth recently told the publication that one of Santa Monica Studios' internal philosophies is the idea that Kratos plays with his food which is awesome. Uh, he explained, we tried to create systems you want to engage with that are fun, very playful, lots of different routes. And when we looked at the combat in the last game, we were like, we can push this further. We can find new toys and ways of playing with enemies and strategies. That's been the guiding principle more than anything else. Shath said one way the sequel does this is by introducing a whole new suite of moves for Kratos, uh, which are accessible via the triangle button. I need to stop the story right now for a quick mm -hmm. tangent. They're talking about a whole new suite of moves for Kratos, infamously at IGN. Nick Scarpino and Fran Mirabella and all of them decided for the original God of War 2, uh, back on PS2, mm -hmm. that for their preview of that game, instead of just previewing the biggest, most anticipated game at the time, like a normal group of people, they did a whole comedy sketch around it. <laughs> Hell where yeah. Nick dressed up and played this really like shady character. And in it, he kept talking about Kratos' sweet new moves. He got sweet new moves. Look at all his sweet new moves. So the fact that here we are in 2022 and I'm reading <laughs> a thing about a God of War 2 and they're talking about a new suite of moves. Uh, Nick Scarpino yeah. somewhere in the world right now and he is he's doing his dumb little Nick dance. Anyway, in 2018's God of War, pressing triangle either recalled the protagonist's axe, did nothing if it was already in his possession, or switched to the axe if Kratos had the Blades of Chaos equipped. Ragnarok's new triangle attacks are called weapon signature moves. Kratos can now infuse his weapons with ice or fire to deal elemental attacks called Frost Awaken and Whiplash, which can freeze or incinerate enemies respectively. Kratos can also use multiple new shields, including the dauntless and stonewall ones by parrying at least at the last possible moment the former can be used to unleash a smash attack that throws and stuns enemies the stonewall shield can't be used to parry but it absorbs kinetic energy with every block it blocks with every hit it blocks <laughs> once fully charged it can be banged into the ground to release a screen-wide pulse which knocks approaching enemies off their feet so some black panther action kind of cool bless what does yeah. this do for you so i've had a journey with this tim mm. uh where uh, Game Informer earlier this week announced that they have God of War as their cover story for the month, right? And they've been doing this drip feed of, oh, yeah, here's, you know, interviews, uh, gameplay, new looks at God of War Ragnarok. And I've been trying to be a, a bit blackout on it. Uh, that's one of the reasons why, you know, one, like, I think one of the early days, um, earlier days of the week when they first came out with some new gameplay stuff, I was like, okay, I could include this in KFGD, but I'm going to not, right? Because it's that, it's that level of new story where it's like, all right, you know, a little bit new gameplay. They're talking about what you can do with the tri triangle button. I don't know if that's headline worthy. I'm going to keep this in the pocket, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe we talk about it on, on PS I Love You. Maybe, maybe we don't talk about it. But for my own personal enjoyment of God of War, 
I was like, mm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be blacked out because I don't necessarily need this information. This morning, and as the week has gone, right, there has been more and more of a drip feed of information and, and gameplay stuff. And now the stuff that we're looking at for God of War Ragnarok, and I broke, right? I was like, okay, cool. For the for the show, I'm gonna watch the video. I'm gonna uh, see what the new gameplay changes are here. And watching this, my original sh my original thought was, oh, they're giving us crumbs. Like, certainly there's going to be way more to this. Certainly there's going to be a lot more uh, deeper changes and wider changes. Like, they're just showing us crumbs to, like, try and hide what's beneath the surface. And as I started going through that thought process, I came around to being like, what if it is what it is? What if, like, in the theories that we've been throwing out for God of War Ragnarok on PS I Love You, where it's me, Greg, and Jaina, and we're talking about, oh, halfway through the story, I bet... Kratos dies and you start playing as Atreus, right? Or maybe there's a twist and you pick up the hammer as Thor. Or like, what if there's some big twist or big thing happening? That that's those have been those have been the level of theories that we and I think plenty of people who are fans and on the internet have been throwing back and forth. What if God of War Ragnarok? What we're seeing is what we're getting. What if it's just a better God of War or like a, a like God of War 2018 with a few more features in the combat? You know, it's funny because I, similar to you, I have been a little bit more blackout on this game than I traditionally am for things that I'm extremely excited for. Uh, I, I think it's just because like, I, I know that this is going to be something that I love. And if I don't end up loving it, it is going, that's going to be a major disappointment, an unexpected disappointment. Right. But I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I am going in expecting a God of War 2018 too. Like, I, I don't mm -hmm. know. I mean, I, I don't expect this game to like change the game because they already did that. And I just want more of that. And I want that story to continue. And I want that gameplay to just be a little bit enhanced. Like, I don't really think that unless they wow the hell out of me, like I expect this game to just be more God of war. And that is an amazing thing because we don't get that much of it. Right. Like that is like, it was such a perfect experience that like just getting more of that is all I can really ask for. I feel like there is a very slim chance that I'm disappointed by this game, and there's a very slim chance that I am utterly blown away by this game. And I think but, that's but okay. I, I see. I'm I'm with you, but I also I I guess for me, I want this game to blow me away, right? Because that has become my expectation for Sony Santa Monica and for God of War. And you know, it's it's fascinating being in this place where God of War 2's biggest enemy right now might be God of War 2018. And this happens all the time when it comes to sequels of this ilk. I think even when I look at Breath of the Wild 2, I'm I have the same thoughts of, all right, what are you gonna do in Breath of the Wild 2 that shocks me and wows me and makes me into the biggest fan of this game ever in the way that Breath of the Wild did because it came out of left field and um exposed me to something new. Right. Like I look at it in a almost a lesser way, but I, I think in a similar way as well, Fallout 3 to Fallout 4. Like Fallout 4 comes through and it's a great game. And I think Fallout fans really like that game, but there is this common sentiment of, ah, but it's iterative, right? It's more of what I liked about Fallout 3. And that's not to the detriment of Fallout 4, but I do think that that makes the follow-up releases a, a little bit special. I think it's that plus the the idea of us having the uh Last of Us Part 2s of the world and the Metal Gear Solid 2s of the world that do come through and do throw in twists and throw in uh smart you know, story directions that make those games stand as individual compared to what <laughs> comes uh, before. You know, in our Last is Part 1 versus Last is Part 2 episode of PS I Love You that we, that we uh, put out earlier in the week, uh, one of the things, or maybe this was during our review, one of the things I mentioned this last week in, in all of our Last is Part, uh, part 1 coverage is that 
the game stands so well as individual games, right? Like Last is Part One, Last is Part Two. They're not like Watch Dogs One to Watch Dogs Two or Assassin's Creed One to Assassin's Creed Two, where a lot of those changes are iterative and hey how do we make this play smoother how do we make this play better how do we take advantage of what we set up in the original game to make the second game better last is one going to last is part two i feel like those stand so well as individual games where they both feel feel like they can be masterpieces uh in their very own right and we can have a valid argument of oh yeah what's better between last is part one versus part two because they are so different even though they're in the same franchise god of war ragnarok i'll say god of war 2018 feels like one of it, it can be one of those situations where God of War Ragnarok comes through and it exists as its own thing because there is some different direction, some different hooks, some different special thing about it that makes it what it is. Um, and if it's just more God of War 2018, I'm with you that like that's not a bad thing, right? Because God of War 2018 was a fantastic video game, right? It's in my list of greatest of all time, it's that status. So if it's more of that, then that's not bad, but does it become less special if it's that? Yeah, I, it's complicated. I think you're making a lot of good points. I don't know that I fully agree with all of them. And I, I think it's just that there's a couple uh, things that I agree with you, but just a little slight variation, a little slight difference. Because I think the Fallout 3 to Fallout 4 thing is a little less apt because despite Fallout 3 being so beloved, even the people that love that game were like, not everything about it is perfect. It's just the mm -hmm. things they liked about it, they really liked. But... It's not like the shooting was great in that game. It's not like, you know, it's not like it was like the tightest thing ever, but there was so much about it that people loved. And then there was uh, all the other games like New Vegas and all that. And then we get to four. Whereas with God of War, people talk about it as a 10 out of 10. People talk yeah. about it as one of the best games of all time. And it's like, yeah, there's criticisms of it, but there's, I don't think that there's anything that's like, people are like, oh, they didn't nail this part or this part or this part. And like really what the game's all about, which is combat, presentation, and uh characters and story right so with those three things the difference now jumping from the fallout conversation to the last of us conversation i think that last of us the time between last of us one and last of us two uh and the fact that Druckmann was so intimately involved in both of them whereas with god of war it seems like Corey is taking a a different kind of um involvement like approach yeah. in in all of it that like i still feel like to us is a semi-mystery like, we know that he's involved. We know he's not the guy, but, like, we don't know I mean, the extent of it all. It, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But it's, like, yeah. I, I I feel like... Th he's so not the lead director. Which, like, I don't... How much is that going to affect what this is? And, like, maybe not, you know? And, and not necessarily saying that it he needs to be the director for it to be able to do a Last of Us 1 and 2 type thing. I just think for that more direct comparison that you're talking about, of both of them standing on their own but also being a united front. I do think that I don't expect it to and, be in that same conversation yeah, and because of those that. facts. And I could be wrong, and I hope that I am, but I think that there's just a slim chance of that being the case. Yeah, I agree with that. And that goes back to my original thinking, right, of me having the moment th this morning watching the trailer and going, oh, yeah, this might be more iterative than I originally would have even th thought it would be because it's only been four years since God of War 2018. For uh, in God of God of War Ragnarok, right? When we look at it, when we watch it, and when we think about its development, right, and the fact that it's also going to be a, a PS4 game, right? It's, it's cross generation. A lot of this game is probably being built on the bones of God of War 2018, as they should do as a studio, because you mm -hmm. set up this thing, you spent time making this game that is God of War 2018. You know, figuring out the mechanics, figuring out how to make combat good, figuring out how to make this game present well. But they put in so much work to God of War 2018. 
oh yeah, they better make something that is built off the bones of, of, of that game because that game uh, played so well and it spent them a lot of time to, to make that. Um, I, but, <clears throat> but that does lead to me going, okay, but what are you doing to make this one new, if you make this one feel fresh? And I know they're going to figure it out, right? Even if it's iterative, I, I think they're going to do, do whatever they need to to make sure that this game feels better and this game uh, uh, feels like a true sequel. I will say, though, this gameplay trailer, the, the new mechanics they're introducing, I'm like, cool. You know, I don't, I don't, they don't get me excited. They don't necessarily do much for me. I think the, I think the new moves are neat. You know, I like the idea Sweet of playing with moves. Their, the, the Sweden new moves. The ones that they're showing are neat, but they don't, you know, set, set my world on fire. Uh, I do like what they talk about in terms of, you know, play with your food. And we want to make sure, you know, combat feels fun in the way, in the way that you have that uh, freedom to kind of experiment with how you go about combat and all that stuff. I think that stuff's great. I also think that's stuff that they did well in God of War 2018. Right? I don't know if I, I wouldn't imagine that this is a brand new philosophy philosophy for them. Uh, and so I would love to see like more of the new the more of the bigger new changes that they have for God of War Ragnarok. But also I could wait until release, right? I'm at the place where I don't need to see more to be sold on this game. I'm ready mm -hmm. to play play this game. But yeah, the gameplay stuff they showed here, I think looks looks cool. Game looks good. Uh not setting my world on fire with the with the content, but I think it will when I get the final game in my hands. I, I yeah. I'm I'm on the opposite where like seeing this and having I I, I replay twenty eighteen a little earlier than the the rest of the ps i love you crew and having just played that and like watching this i love just the the way that they've designed like the battlefield here it it's way more diverse and dynamic especially with like the levels that you're fighting on and stuff like that you see kratos like use uh the blades of chaos to pull himself up to a ledge and stuff like that it looks more quick to like kind of go throughout the entire arena which i like and I think is really cool and I think for me personally I think that's all they need to do the 2018 stuff was already great it's just adding a little bit more layer to it um to, to really improve it because you know God of War 2 was also very beloved God of War 2 when you go back to it not very different gameplay wise to God of War 1 so um I, I think it's just all about what they nail in the story yeah. But see, that brings me back to Doom to Doom Eternal, where Doom's 2016, I thought was one of the best games that year, one of the best first-person shooter campaigns of the generation, and did so much to reinvigorate Doom. Doom Eternal felt like kind of what we're describing, or what you, you described there, Barrett, with, oh yeah, you know, same gameplay setup with, with a few more layers, and I don't think Doom Eternal really set the world on fire, no pun intended, in the way that Doom 2016 Does did. Does Doom Eternal have character uh, work and uh, writing? Uh, like the No, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I hear you, right? I'm talking more more gameplay stuff, right? I'm not. I, this isn't me talking about God of War Two is not going to have great character stuff, but in the gameplay sense, right? I do want to see big leaps there and like big stuff they do there. I don't know. Like it might be me picking it apart, just to pick it apart. But I I, I want to be like shot. I want to be odd in awe of this game when I play it, right? I want to be blown away by it. Yeah, I guess that, that's where that's where I'm at. That worries me, bless. <laughs> it worries me because I, I, I'm hoping, I hope you are. I hope you are. But we won't have to wait too long <laughs> to find out because it is coming out in just a few short months. But moving on to story number two, CD Projekt is revealing what's next for Cyberpunk 2077 next week. This also comes from Tom Ivan at VGC. CD Projekt has said it plans to reveal what's next for Cyberpunk during a live stream on September 6th. The special episode of its Night City Wire live stream will take place next Tuesday at 8 a.m. It will also include new information on Netflix's upcoming Cyberpunk Edge Runners anime series. CD Projekt claimed in April that Cyberpunk 2077 had sold over 18 million copies since December 2020. It also said it's working on a major expansion featuring a new storyline. Now, Netflix confirmed this week that Cyberpunk Edge Runners, which is animated by Studio Trigger, will be released on September 13th. 
Bless. I know we've talked a lot about cyberpunk over the years. Um, you were the one that reviewed it for us. It kind of funny. Uh, you enjoyed the game, right? And yeah. I, I would say more than a lot of people did it in the, the initial run of it all. Um, and you play it on PC. There's a lot of factors there as well. But is there anything they could do that can get you excited and want to go back? I I think it'll be a slow journey to get them back there. Um, them finally releasing the the new gen versions of the game uh, earlier in the year, I think is one of those steps, right? Where now you can buy the game on consoles and not have it be unplayable in the way that it was at the uh, at original release when it came out on PS4 and Xbox One, right? I think that right there is step one, right? Like all the small updates that they've been putting out over the years has been part of that step. Uh, I do think a new expansion, if they market it the right way, if it looks interesting, if it looks like a new vibe, it could get me back in. I would be down to play some Cyberpunk DLC if they put if they put out a banger. Um, and I think that's what they might have to do at this upcoming stream. I would love to see them uh, reveal some DLC content. And Bear, if you're able to pull back up the trailer, one of the things I noticed, because um, of course the Cyberpunk Cyberpunk Edge Runners, the anime that they're releasing soon on, on Netflix, uh, like. If you go to about 14 seconds into this trailer, they have game footage of like edge runner shit, right? I believe it's the main character they were playing as right there with the edge runner mm. jacket on. So that seems like new content, and that could be just a minor thing of oh, here's an update where you can get edge runner gear. I wouldn't be surprised if that's what it is if it's something that small. But I think it could also be as big as yeah, here's a big DLC DLC expansion that might integrate with what's going on with the edge runners anime i think that could be a cool thing i think that could be helpful to get a new wave of people in if the plan is put out edge runners hopefully there is an audience there that loves it and appreciates it and it's a hit cool that audience then goes oh man cyberpunk seems cool let me check it out and if you have an edge runners expansion waiting for them at some point that could i i think you could build synergy there to uh to have those things play off of each other um but for me i i i'm somebody who i am willing to give it another chance right i'm willing to jump to jump back in because like you said tim i liked it when i when i played it again very rough around the edges very like a, a lot of bugs all that stuff but it's a lot of stuff that they've had time to to iron out and uh i'm not checked up with it recently to see how much of the bugs are still there but i would figure that the game at this point must play better than it did at launch yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. This is clear that they're, I mean, they're even saying this, but like this is a event that's happening to kind of promote the Edge Runners anime. And they're also like, oh, we'll give some updates on the game stuff. So I wonder how substantial the game stuff is actually going to be or what they're even ready to show, able to talk about and all of that. Uh, but what is interesting is the landscape of the kind of cross-media situation with these IPs that we're seeing nowadays with what the movies and TVs and video games and all of it and how they all interact. And CD Projekt Red already knows the power of that, having The Witcher, right? Where The Witcher came out on Netflix, and even if The Witcher wasn't necessarily based on the games, based on the books, it did boost the hell out of the game sales, right? Yep. And kind of created a new moment for The Witcher, the Witcher game uh, that was already a massive hit, but then it just gave it a spike years later. Um, I expect that a similar thing will happen here with, with Cyberpunk. I think it's going to be a, a different in a lot of different respects. Obviously, I don't think that uh, uh, anime on Netflix is going to have the same level of general mainstream interest that a Henry, Henry Cavill-led live-action, high-budget yeah. uh, show would. But I do think that Netflix is going to push it, and they do have the X factor of it being Studio Trigger, which they have a flawless track record as far as I know. And as far like 
as a layman to anime, I would say, it's like, I know that they're a big deal and I know that there's excitement around that. So you take cyberpunk, which if anything is dope as hell style wise, and you apply it to one of the most stylish dope anime studios that exists. Mm. That's a a potential win, right? So if you get an audience that likes that, especially when you're, on a platform that already has had major wins in the animated video game department in the forms of Castlevania and Arcane, uh, this could really work. And if this works, they better have a nice translation, a nice, easy, uh, smooth transition from, hey, you're liking this? Go play Cyberpunk. And I think that you catching the Edge Runner's jacket and stuff, it's like, that's an easy way to just to be like, oh yeah, you get to use some of the things you see in the show in the game. Also, we have this big expansion coming, and it's going to be really exciting. That could exactly. be cool, and it, it could get people hooked. Yeah, 100%. I think the comparisons with uh, things like Castlevania and things like Arcane are apt, right? Where I'm right there with you in terms of the Witcher TV show comes through. It has uh, Henry Cavill, right? It has uh, it gets in an audience that a, a lot of them did not play the Witcher game, but they still appreciated it because at, at its core, right, it is, hey, here's an adaptation of the Witcher uh, novel series. And you don't really you don't have to know the game to enjoy the Netflix show, right? Because at the end of the day, it's unrelated. But you play it or you watch it and you go, oh, man, a lot of people do like this Witcher 3 game. Maybe I should check that thing out. Uh, Arcane is another one where watching Arcane, I'm somebody who I'm not into League. I'm not I'm not into, into MOBAs, but I am into uh, into fighting games. And Arcane has piqued my interest in something like Project L. Right, because Riot has done such a good a good job of connecting those dots. Of cool, we have many. We're we're trying to build in more po- points of interest for players to come in. Right, so whether it is uh, something like League or something like Valorant or something like Project L. Right, if we're able to share that universe um, between that and things like Arcane, then we get to build this bigger fan base that cares about multiple of, the, of these iterations. Uh, I think as CD Projekt Red, there's connective tissue that you can connect there to make to make people go. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Like this anime is good. Maybe I'll check out the game, right? Or maybe they already own the game. One of the things that stick out stick out to me uh, from this article is the fact that CD Projekt Red has sold, or ha- uh, they claimed that in April, Cyberpunk 2077 had sold over 18 million copies. A lot of people have their hands on the Cyberpunk 2077, whether they like it or not, right? Mm-hmm. Like people have that game. If a good portion of that audience watches the anime and goes, Oh man, I'm kind of craving, you know, the experience again. Let me go. Let me go jump back into the game and play it. And you have the Edge Runners gear. You have maybe a game that runs better since the last time you played it. Maybe you then stick around, or maybe you pay more attention to the expansion. I think that's the plan, and I think that might be a, a good way to go about it. Yep, absolutely. Remember, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/KindOfFunnyGames to get the show ad free. But speaking of ads, let me tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like checking in your baggage at the airport without a lock. You don't know who's looking through all your stuff, finding all of your Nintendo Switches, your PlayStation Vitas, or all the other things that you're hiding in there. When you go online without a VPN, internet service providers, ISPs, can see every single website you visit. They can legally sell this information without your consent. Nobody wants that. That sounds like a bad time for everybody. You can browse more anonymous it's easy to use and it works on all devices i love expressvpn it is super simple to use i feel safe across all of my devices knowing that whether i'm on my desktop or my mobile phone people aren't getting in there i'm safe on the internet and what i look at what i browse 
That's mine. That's for me to know. Secure your online activity by visiting expressvpn.com slash kindoffunny today. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash kindoffunny. And you can get an extra three months free. Expressvpn.com slash kindoffunny funny next up shout out to chime like a cool breeze chime is a refreshing way to handle your money there's no monthly fees no maintenance fees and no minimum balance fees so it's how banking should be done and when you need access to your money you can do so fee free at more than sixty thousand in-network atms at many locations like most walgreens or 7-elevens you can also send money to anyone even if they aren't on chime fee free for you and no cash out fees for them chime no monthly fees no vibe killing fees sign up for a chime checking account it only takes two minutes and it doesn't affect your credit score you can get started at chime.com slash kf games that's chime.com slash kf games chime is a financial technology company not a bank banking services provided by a debit card issued by the Bancorp bank or stride bank na members fdic out of network atm withdrawal fees apply except at MoneyPass atm in a 7-eleven location and at all all point or visa plus aligned ATM. Other fees such as third-party and cash deposit fees may apply. Chime.com slash KF Games. Story number three. Praise director thought using that name was a mistake. This comes from Zach Swizen at Kotaku. Prey 2017 is a very good game. One of my favorites from that year, in fact. Yet its name always seemed weird. It has no connection to the 2006 Prey or its never released sequel. Now, in a new interview, the director of the game has explained how Bethesda assigned the name Prey to the game and how he felt it was a mistake. He believes that the name was a bad marketing decision and one which may have doomed the game to fail. Uh... Cole Antonio is the founder of Arcane Studios and also the writer and director behind 2017's Best Immersive Sim, Prey. Cole Antonio left Arcane shortly after Prey 2017 was released, and since then he's made mention of how he didn't want to use the title for Arcane's game. And now, while appearing on the AIAS Game Maker's Notebook podcast, he's revealed even more details about the situation and his frustration with the name that he claims was forced onto the studio, saying he was at odds with Bethesda. Quote, I did not want to call this game Prey. And I had to say I wanted to anyway in front of journalists, he told AIAS in the podcast. I hate to lie. It felt bad to support a message I did not want. He continued saying that it wasn't just him that felt this way, but that he claims many others at Arcane felt the same way too. And while he was grateful that a company gave him the means and time to make a game and trusted him to make something like Prey, he was still frustrated by the name. Our game had nothing to do with Prey. There's a bit of the artistic creative side that's insulted when you tell an artist, you know your game, it's going to be called Prey. And you go like, I don't think it should. I think it's a mistake. Uh, He then said that he believed calling it Prey was a sales mistake because choosing the name backfired as fans weren't happy and the people who didn't like the original unrelated Prey didn't even look for the game. As for the original Prey and the team behind the game, uh, he felt bad that they had used the name and IP, feeling like it was a kick to the face to the devs behind 2006 Prey. I wanted to apologize to them many, many times. I didn't really have a chance because I didn't know those people. It was never our intention to steal their IP and make it ours. It's gross, and that's not what I wanted to do. That's heartbreaking, man, because Prey is a is an underrated gem. I played that game right after Deathloop because I was in that arcane mode, and playing Prey... I was struck with 
confusion as to why more people don't talk about Parade and how fantastic the game is. And I think part of that might have been, I think it was a bit rough around launch. I remember people experiencing game-breaking bugs uh, even during, I think during the IGN review, that was one of the things that came up. And so the Metacritic wasn't, uh, I think, as incredible as it could have been in the game if the game came out in, in a perfect mode. Um, and I also, when I first picked up Prey last year, I play. I started playing it on, I think, PS5, and the frame rate wasn't it. And then I picked it up on Xbox Series X where it had FPS boost, and I was like, oh, here we go. Like, this is the ideal way to play the game right here. And playing it that way was such a, a, a cool way to play it. And... I feel for um, you know the 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 Cole Antonio here talking right in the team who might not have been messing with the name that much because on one hand I can I can get being Bethesda and being like hey we have this dope ass trademark for the title Prey for a game and we're not using it and like that's a dope ass title for a video game just Prey. Prey oh that's a fucking fire in it hey you put you name your game Prey I like on one hand. Like, yeah, I get that side. But on the other side, yeah, no, Cole Tony here is totally right, right? I think that name did that game such a disservice. Because, one, it doesn't really make sense for what the game is about. You're, you're like, they're, they're, you aren't a predator. <laughs> like, there's no prey in that game. I guess, like, you could argue that you're being hunted down by these fucking aliens. But aside from that, that name doesn't really make sense for that game. And then to the Cole Antonio's point, point as well, right? Having something that was already called Prey that has this cult following of fans that are going to see this new announcement for this new game that is entirely unrelated not the same universe not the same nobody was thinking about that other game when they were developing this game having that then take over that ip as a fan you go well no this isn't what i want i wanted the prey 2 that was announced back in the day that ended up getting canceled with the really cool trailer right that's what i want uh and that fan base would start to resent the new game right and then on the other hand i'm somebody who never played the original prey I don't have any connection to the uh, original Prey. And so I, I see a new Prey announced and I go, oh, it looks interesting, but I'm not a Prey fan, right? I think those are the two things that you're battling with in terms of audience uh, responses. And yeah, I think that does do such a, a disservice to to the game. So it's unfortunate that they weren't able to call it something new or give it whatever, whatever other dope name they, they would have wanted to give the game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you you absolutely nailed it. And it's like, this I think it's cool that we get stories like this coming out later, where it's like we get the realities of situations on, on podcasts. The Game Maker's uh, Notebook is a, a great, great show that people should definitely uh, check out because there's always like fun little tidbits like this that kind of like show the real side of things. And you know, I think this story is really just evidence that there are so many people that work on these games and so many decisions that are made that uh, affect each other in in a multitude of ways that sometimes aren't cohesive and sometimes don't make sense and upset people and rightfully so and i yeah. feel like we'll never know what this game could have been if it was named something else we'll never know all the the yeah that's this that's, and that's, that's and all the other that. thing is like you can't you know a b scenario something like this where we look into the different timeline where it was called i don't know man aliens in space whatever the yeah. fuck else you would call it you know we don't know what that timeline looks like maybe it just maybe it performs the exact same which is very possible um but yeah i think this is an example of like decisions that are made purely out of marketing purposes aren't always going to hit right and like oftentimes i think audiences can be unpredictable in that way where mm -hmm. you might look at something as Bethesda and go no trust us if you call your game prey it's gonna be sick right it's gonna it's a great name it's one word it's short it's memorable it's all these things like this is the best game best name for your game and you do it and it turns out i don't know 
it didn't do anything for the game. You could have yeah. called it whatever, and if you called it something else, maybe it would have performed better. It's like headlining KFGD, where it's you know 100%. now for the last what month, you know, I've been producing producing the show, and so I headline all the sh- uh, all the episodes, and I there are like half the days where. I go into Slack and I DM Greg or I DM Roger because he does head uh, he does thumbnail and I'm like, hey, I have these two to three headlines. Which one do you think is gonna hit? And it is like, all right, like for this episode, for example, do we headline it God of War gameplay or do we headline it Cyberpunk? Right, like which one of those is trending? What is the what is the conversation we have more? And it's such a tough decision to come down on those kind of things. I mean, plus the headline for this episode was Cyberpunk 2077 event announced. Can it come back? Question mm-hmm. mark. Yeah. And that was what it said. And then I was looking at the views and they were lower than they have been for the rest of this week for our live concurrence. And I asked Barrett, I was like, can you change it to the other one? He changed it to the other one. We boosted up 400 views almost mm-hmm. immediately when that happened. Yeah. It's, these are things that happen, y'all. Like this, yep. there's like, and it's like, we don't know. And people are just trying their best to figure things out and trying to like actually accurately reflects the content and get it out there and i'm sure that the the marketing team over at bethesda thought they were making the right moves and the thing is they didn't at the end of the day it's like the game did not perform well despite people uh there being a cult following for prey 2017 um but again it's like a lot of different things i think that having said all of that what it comes down to is uh he Colantonio there didn't want this and he was the like driving creative force of it I feel like that is unfortunate and there's no other way to look at that right like that sucks for for him and the team of people that didn't want their project to be called something and it had to be called that like that is that sucks it's unfortunate yeah Uh, just Jeremy thinks in the chat saying pray 2017 GG Tim did I say something wrong my bad if I did. Uh, moving on to story number four. The quarry director says his next game will be just as big and could deviate from teen horror from Andy Robinson at BGC. The director of Until Dawn in the Quarry has revealed he's working on another full-scale horror title, which is tentatively planned for release by 2026. Supermassive is known for its branching narrative adventures within the horror genre. Over the past decade, the BAFTA-winning UK studio has released both larger games, Until Dawn and the Quarry, and a series of smaller episodic titles underneath the Dark Pictures banner. Speaking to VGC in a recent interview, the studio director who directed both Supermassive's larger horror games confirmed it was his intention to continue creating full-scale narrative adventures with the same genre. I do like the luxury of being able to really explore characters, and you get that with a longer story. It annoys some people because they get bored with it, but I really like the fact you can go in-depth with the characters and explore relationships in a way that's harder on a shorter story. Specifically discussing his next project, he said it would be equivalent in size to The Quarry, which was published by 2K, and suggested it could deviate from the teen horror explored in his last two releases. We've started working on the next game. I can't really tell you very much at all, but we've started. Again, it's the same sort of horror genre. We're sticking to that. It's equivalent in size to The Quarry, and that's about as much as I can say without giving too much away. Potentially, we might be a little bit like, I don't know how far we can stretch the teen horror thing out further, because especially when we try to stir it up, the number of surprises you can add to that becomes limited. The Dark Pictures explores hundreds of variants of the horror genre. What we're looking at now, and I can't tell you exactly what it is, is a bit of a diversion away from that sort of standard, but it's still very much classic horror. Hell yeah. Interesting. What could it be? I, I mean, I, when I look at the Dark Pictures anthology, I think they've done a decent job of trying <laughs> to vary things up a little bit. Like, Supermassive, I, I feel like a lot of their games comes down to 
oh man, there's a big, there are big beasts out there in the wild, and they're trying to hunt you, and you didn't know there were big beasts until the last third of the game, except for, actually, I won't spoil anything, uh, but like, you know, I think as we go further with supermassive games, you've seen them vary a little bit, you know, like, uh, Little Hope wasn't that, right, Man of Madon had a twist, and of course, like, Little Hope and Man of Madon, I don't think hit the ways that, in the ways that we wanted them to hit, but, uh, you do see some variances there, and now, Devil in Me is their next game that's coming up. I believe it's coming out in November. And I'm really excited to see what that is because the the premise of that one is a way more of a saw scenario, right? Where it is a serial killer is making you do a bunch of shit, right? And you gotta figure out like how how you're gonna get out get out of the scenario or not get out of the scenario. Uh that seems like a fucking hype as hell type of game for Supermassive to make. And I like that they're branching out uh, uh, a little bit. And as much as I like the quarry, one of the things that I felt toward the end of the quarry was, okay, yeah, we've been here before with Supermassive, right? Like we were here a bit with Until Dawn, we were here with some of the some of their other other games, right? They've made this kind of game before, and I like that kind of game. I think that kind of game is fun, but I also think that kind of game is predictable, especially where it is that thing of anyone can live or die, right? Like all uh, Supermassive games have the same premise uh and same gameplay premise which we love and we adore but i think it kind of limits them in narrative scope a little bit so i think being able to go actually we're not going to do just a straight up campy teen horror that mm -hmm. we've been doing and that we're known for we're going to try and find a different way or <clears throat> a different subgenre or something to lean into i think that might allow their storytelling chops to feel a little bit more fresh as opposed to doing another until dawn or another the quarry yeah Really cool stuff. I love that they're making these games. I think they're very special and they they're they're unique. You know, in a uh, a world that has so many of very similar video games, and uh, uh, we see different groups rarely try brand new things. Like I love that they have kind of found this little niche to themselves where they're able to have these story narrative based games that don't feel like telltale games don't feel like uh other episodic type things that we've seen yeah. like that but have their own and, thing especially in the horror genre and they've been hitting the yearly cadence i've been very impressed with dark uh with uh, supermassive with dark pictures even though again not all the dark pictures are great the fact that they're able to hit them yearly i think one is impressive but then also have the quarry come out uh earlier which was a bigger scope right was more of an until dawn the until dawn follow-up that we all wanted I think that is really cool, and I think they're getting better as they're going. So them coming out and being open and transparent with, yeah, we're working on our next big game like the Quarry, and it's going to be maybe 2025 or 2026 till it hits. Um, but in the meantime, we're probably going to get Dark Pictures games. They're finding a flow. Like, they're finding a cadence that at first was worrying me when we got Man of Madon and we got Little Hope and, and they weren't setting the world on fire. But now I'm like... Oh shoot! I'm excited for the next Dark Pictures thing. I'm excited for this bigger project. They are coming. They're they're coming into their own in a way that I think is rare to see for a developer of their size uh, and doing such such a unique thing to to get right because video mm -hmm. game development is hard and it's so easy to fuck up and not get the sales numbers and then not get the support. Uh, the fact that they're not only staying afloat but seems like now they're doing pretty well and have a clear vision for what that studio is. Uh, you go get them. That's super massive. <laughs> Absolutely. Story number five, Xbox Game Pass friends and family plan has been officially confirmed. This comes from Kat Bailey at IGN. Microsoft's finally revealed the long-rumored Xbox Game Pass friends and family plan just days after a logo leak all but confirmed the new subscription tier. They announced that the new plan, which will allow subscribers to share with up to four other friends or family members, is being tested in Ireland and Colombia. Uh, members will gain all of the usual benefits of Game Pass Ultimate, which includes cloud streaming and a rotation of uh, games. 
While pricing details haven't been revealed in the US, it figures to roughly $10 more than the current Xbox Game Pass Ultimate plan, which is currently $15. The plan will allow users to share the cost among multiple people, making it a boon for college students who are now just returning to the dorms. In addition to initial pricing details, they also released an FAQ detailing how the service works and how it will work across different regions. It's also confirmed that users can only be a member of one group at a time, and that group members can only join a group up to two times per year. The friends and family plan is not yet available in US, UK, or Europe, but should be revealed in those regions relatively soon. Hell yeah. Fantastic awesome. stuff, man. Really damn cool. Yeah, I, I love to see this confirmed. Of course, this was uh, leaked earlier in, in the week, and it sounds like everybody's happy about this. You know, Paris uh, Lily was the person who I, who I want to say I heard uh, banging the drum on this the most uh, over uh, since he's joined XCast, right? Talking about how great a friends and family plan uh, would be. Um, and it's really cool to see Microsoft continue to get make those good choices right make those bit those good pr moves make those uh you know uh, what's the phrase we use user-friendly decisions um you know like this this is great this is uh, i think this is gonna be useful for a lot of people and uh it seems like a great deal um and i even think about you know the fact that in the article they mentioned you know like this would be great uh going into the the school season right for people mm -hmm. in college and to be able to share that with their friends i think you know, as much as like a, with family plans, we often think that, oh, yeah, these companies hate when people do that. Right. You look at Netflix and they're trying to fight against that. The fact that Xbox is embracing it and literally calling it the friends and family yep. plan. Hell yeah. Like that. Those are the kinds of things we love to see. Um, and so, yeah, this is this is awesome. Yeah. The the friends bit, I think, is huge. And I think is very telling of the state of where we're at now and how these subscription based services are looking at the the data and looking at the wins and, and misses of uh competitors and competitors at this point are any subscription-based digital uh product right so it's yeah. like even video games are competing with movies and tv shows and all that that's just the way it works because it's entertainment dollars at the end of the day um especially with these recurring charges and things like that so uh xbox is you know built continuing to build the foundation man it's it's a uh, impressive thing to see what they're pulling off over there would it surprise uh, you if i told you i'm still paying for the nintendo expansion pack just for my my lonesome I, my, myself the nintendo switch online family situation and everyone's takes on it is one of the things that bothers me the <laughs> most in life and it's people like you bless i don't even use that. that that's just, the worst part I about it just hate it I, like how ah! oft, how often do i play nintendo online Bless, like, like you, you, sound, you sound like Mike right now. That's how concerning this is. I, and I probably sound like Jenna Garcia too, who pays for play, play, PlayStation Plus, uh, play, PlayStation Plus, PlayStation Plus, and never uses it. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm one of those people now, right? I'm pay, I'm, I'm making it rain in the Nintendo offices, right? Like Doug Bowser is like doing a jig and like yeah. getting dollar bills rain down on him, and mm -hmm. I'm just like, yeah, now give me my Switch, and I'm gonna just set it over here and not use it, and pick up my Steam Deck and play Immortality. I should be playing so much Smash online, but online fucking sucks. Fair. Very and the fair. Nintendo Switch 64 catalog could be way better. Could it? What are you missing? Really, Bless? You, are you going to sit here and complain about it? <laughs> Donkey what are you Kong mad 64. That you don't have? Thank oh, you, Bless. Story Where number is Donkey six. Kong? Story number six. Skyrim Anniversary Edition has been rated for Switch, so now you can play that again, Bless. This comes from Tom Ivan at VGC. Looks like Elder Scrolls V Skyrim Anniversary Edition may finally be coming to Switch after the game was reportedly rated in Taiwan earlier this year. It's been now classified in Europe, too. As spotted by Nintendo Pal, the game's been rated by Peggy. 
which for some reason listed as releasing for Nintendo's console on August 31st, 2022. Announced last August, the latest Skyrim remaster was released for everything else in November 2021 to coincide with the RPG's 10th anniversary. If the title's coming to Switch, it could be confirmed this month during an unannounced but anticipated Nintendo Direct presentation. Jesus Christ. So impressive how Mm -hmm. they'll find new ways to release Skyrim. Because for a second, during this news story, I was like, oh, is Skyrim really not on the Switch? And then I was like, no. I remember that that Link costume from Breath of the Wild that looked terrible (laughs) that they put into Skyrim. Do you remember that, Tim? (laughs) Oh, of course I do. The nightmare of a costume that they they added for uh, for Skyrim on the Switch. The fact that they're finding ways, seemingly, right? Of course, it's a leak. It's unconfirmed, all that stuff. But it makes sense, right? Like, yeah, we got the 10th anniversary, the Skyrim Skyrim Special Edition that came out on uh, Next Gen. Let's just sneak that onto the Switch, man. Let's just sneak that on. The the funny thing the, the with the date right being August thirty first, which is uh, obviously a placeholder. What what if it was already on there, and like they, we just didn't know. <laughs> like Bethesda we, just who's stuck the, it on. Literally the nobody fucking gave a shit. <laughs> yeah, nobody like nobody cared enough about the Skyrim the the next Skyrim release on Switch for the second time that like nobody just noticed. We're just like, oh yeah, this must have been the old one. Good for you, Skyrim. Good for you, Skyrim. Also, thing. Some, somebody in chat did mention that um, Splatoon three comes out what next week for the switch and so there you go right i've been paying how much 15 dollars a month for switch online i'm finally gonna get my money's worth mm-hmm. playing a game for two weeks yep yep split gate final story here split gates ending future development i gotta say i'm a little surprised about this this comes from Splitgate on twitter to our Splitgate fans, we could not be here without your support. We pride ourselves on trying to be as community-focused as possible. We strive to improve our game and build a better future for Splitgate because of the enthusiasm of our fans. Thank you. Splitgate achieved a level of success that we could not have anticipated and that few indie games are fortunate to reach. That initial success brought an opportunity to turn what started as a college dorm dream project into a AAA game that could stand toe-to-toe with shooters from the biggest publishers in the industry. But this also meant that as we brought on top-tier talent from across the industry, we spent a lot of our time trying to rework old content and systems that were originally built by a handful of people. We are, in a way, bailing water while also trying to keep everyone who bought a ticket to board our ship happy while also trying to turn our boat into a rocket ship. After careful consideration and much deliberation, the 1047 Games team has determined that in order to build the game fans deserve and to build it in a way that isn't trying to retrofit and live operate an existing product, we're ending feature development of Splitgate. We're turning our attention away from iterative smaller updates and going all in to focus on a new game in the Splitgate universe, which will present revolutionary not evolutionary changes to our game it will be a shooter it will have porters and portals and it will be built in unreal 5 oh and it will be free we understand many of you will be disappointed and have a lot of questions we want to be clear that splitgate will remain online as will your items and progression in fact we will roll out a new battle pass on september 15th it'll be free to everyone as a thank you for playing splitgate game support will continue and there will be smaller updates and fixes to splitgate but the bulk of our focus will be on an entirely new shooter that we can't wait to share with you this is a see you soon and not a farewell the 1047 games team this hurts my soul so much because Splitgate was fire and they released at possibly the worst time ever. They put out a game that was essentially, you know, a Halo clone with with portals only a couple months before Halo Infinite came out. And that first month, we were having so much fun with Splitgate. Like, I think the game was very impressive or the game has been very impressive, right? It's really fun to play. Um, it, you know, scratches that itch that you have for Halo. But then I think when, when Halo Infinite comes out, so much of us transitioned to that, and I think maybe got burnt out, especially because they talked about it yesterday, right? Or you guys talked about it yesterday in terms of 
Halo Infinite's post-launch, I think, saw a lot of people drop off because the post-launch just hasn't been it for Halo Infinite. And I think at that point, people forget about Splitgate, right? Like, I don't think people then drop off of Halo Infinite to then go play Splitgate. I think people drop off of Halo Infinite to go, all right, maybe I'll play Apex or Warzone or, like, uh, Forza or, like, whatever other game. Um, and so Skyrim. <laughs> Skyrim for the 19th time. Yeah, and so, like... I think you you probably saw people drop off of Splitgate and then those numbers not make it back and then them go, ah, oh, well, shit, right? Like, we built this thing. We're updating this thing. Um, and from <laughs> what I've seen, they I think they've been doing a good job of the updates, right? Like, every single time I see an update, I'm like, oh, man, I just play Splitgate again and then I don't. And so I'm part of the problem. Um, but it hurts my heart that, like, yeah, they're just like, yeah, we, we can't keep this up like we don't have we don't have the the support we need to keep this going i do think them making a new game is exciting and i do think that's going to be beneficial with it being an unreal engine 5 because one of the things about about splitgate is that it's not a pretty game you know like i think they they make do with what they can they it doesn't look bad by any means but when you play it, it does feel like something from a like almost like a previous gen right if it, it, it feels a bit older and i think that's just a smaller team that is working on it um but i think them transitioning into unreal 5 making something that is uh, again from the ground up but is carrying the, lin- the lineage of split gate with the portals with the fun shooting with all that stuff and it, i it's probably the best decision for them you know it's probably yeah. a decision that they're having to make and are probably like ah shit all right well this is going to be what's best in in the long run even though for now it, it probably hurts mhm yeah, honestly, I, I admire and I respect this this message and their commitment to it. And it shows that the team has vision and it shows that the team has an understanding of their team and of their product and of their community and that they they don't want to squander this and they they don't want to do what feels right in the moment. They want to do what's right for the future and yeah. longevity of the game and the community. So, you know, it's unfortunate. There's sad things about this, but I think overall this is the right step. And I think that they are... Uh, making a bold choice here and it's going to upset people in a lot of a lot of people but i think that at the end of the day it is the right call for them so good on them but bless the successor to split it's probably so far away if i don't know what's coming to mom and grab shops today where would i look you would look toward the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday. Do 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 yeah. Out today we got JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All Star Battle R on PlayStation Five, Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation Four, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. We have I got, Lego. Um, I, I, that's a game that I previewed at Summer Games Fest, and I thought it was fine. But like, I I have a fighting game Discord uh, with people that are like in the press and stuff. Uh, and a couple of people have been talking about JoJo's, and they're like, it's pretty all right. It's a pretty yeah. all right fighting game. So if you're oh. if that's your jam, uh, I think it's it might be worth checking out. If you're into pretty all right fighting games, go for it. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Lego Brawls on pretty much everything. We also played this at uh, Summer Game Fest, and I cannot recommend it. <laughs> yeah, no. uh, pretty much anybody. It was not good. It was it was bad. Yeah, it was not a good yeah. time. Uh, made in Abyss, binary star falling into darkness. Okay. Uh, PS4, Switch, and PC. Last of Us Part 1 on PlayStation 5. Lunistis on PC and Nintendo Switch and Hank's 101 trivia on mobile. Hell cool. yeah. Cool. Right now, uh, uh, if you're watching on, on video, Barrett showing footage of uh, Lego Brawls. I did not again. know this game existed. <laughs> I I don't think anybody did. So it's a mobile game that they like ported essentially to consoles and uh, like eh, yeah, I feel like that should say a lot. I was, you know I was I mean? very surprised when I saw the booth and I was mm-hmm. like, Lego Brawls, is that a new oh man, it's a bra- it's a brawl type of game? I was like Smash Brothers? Oh yeah, let's check this out. And it just 
it's it just played, not it played like but <laughs> it was yeah not good. <laughs> it did play like but and you could also be the raptors from jurassic world uh new dates cat maze comes to xbox one switch ps4 and ps5 on september 9th 6v6 pirate arcade game plunder panic releases on september 16th mario kart tour is getting an update on october 5th which will add <laughs> a new battle mode and remove gotcha mechanics uh deals of the day 2k's original mafia games currently available as a free download on steam until september 5th so cool go check that out uh now let's check out you're wrong let's see what we got wrong live uh wow legit nothing not even yeah. we didn't Whoa. even get a submission <laughs> this was from yesterday this one here I, this oh, might the be the first time graf-fi? i've ever yeah that the graffiti was uh, announced yesterday the graffiti pokemon my brother's really 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 excited about oh it. shit but, okay that actually makes it sound cool i just assumed it was a giraffe yeah uh no he's just a dope looking little lemur guy uh but anyways this might be the first time i've ever been on games daily that no one even submitted it you're wrong so bless we're pretty damn flawless I mean, what does that mean that it's possibly broken? <laughs> do, like, do, the, the, do we need to refresh no. a million times? Well, Impossible. someone in the chat also points out that Nano isn't here today. So, you know, oh, that like, makes okay. That, that makes that's sense. Like eight, that's, that makes that sense. makes a lot of sense. Got it. Got it. Uh, next week's host Monday, we're off, baby. Tuesday, Greg and Blessing. Wednesday, Greg and Jeff Gerstman. Whoa. Thursday, Greg and this motherfucker right here. And Friday, me. Greg Miller. If you're watching oh, yeah. live on Twitch after this, it's Mike and Greg playing a little bit of Rumbleverse. So check that out on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. But if you want to catch it later, you can watch it on youtube.com slash kind of funny plays. We like to give everybody options. It's great. It's been kind of funny games daily each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of Patreon or above. So stick around for that. Until next time. I love you all. Goodbye. Go support Blast the D23 next week. It's going to be awesome.